Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Small Ball Market, the podcast dedicated to news and discussions surrounding the small market teams of the NBA. My name is Zach Reglin, and joining me, as they do every week, are my fantastic co-hosts, Wyatt Reglin and Cody Cook. How are we doing? I, I appreciate that you put the fantastic co-hosts in there this time the first time around without having to be reminded. Yeah, I would never forget it again. Yeah, that will because I won't let you. I know, I know, I know. How about you, Wyatt? How are you doing? The NBA's back. I'm doing great. Kind of, kind of back. Preseason's back, but it's so nice to actually watch basketball again. So, I don't, I don't know if, if you would call what we watched basketball, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll definitely get to that. Um, the Blazers did not look very good. Um, <laughs> um well, I mean, Rats obviously, are great. <laughs> yeah, yeah their lungs are very healthy. I'll put it that way. <laughs> They're in prime form for the regular season. Honestly. All right. Well, yeah. Well, the biggest news of the week, obviously, we'll get right into news. it. Yeah, the biggest non-news because it hasn't happened yet is uh, Jimmy Butler. Like We're leading off with him for the second straight episode because we thought everything would be resolved by now, but it isn't here yet. So basically on a timeline scenario, um, first off, Jimmy did end up demanding a trade um, from the Timberwolves and, uh, had a little list of destinations. No, nothing has seemed to be happening from there yet. At first, the general manager came out and said, oh, we're not looking to trade Jimmy right now. Like, we're just going to see how everything turns out. And then literally not too long later, probably not even a day later, the owner said, no, we are trying to trade Jimmy right away. And anything that you want, talk to me personally so it just became people undermining each other. And now it just seems like they are actively shopping Jimmy Butler. But nothing too much has happened yet. They shot their shot with the Philadelphia 76ers. They tried to get Ben Simmons. They missed so bad. In true Timberwolves fashion, the worst <laughs> three-point shooting team in the league last season. Shot their shot for Jimmy Butler and bricked. Um, hard, hard air ball. And uh, the most recent report that... Uh, that I'm not 100% sure is true, but uh, what I've seen recently is that uh, they they have really lowered their asking price and tried to offer him to the Bucks for Chris Middleton straight up, and yeah. the Bucks said no. Yeah, I don't understand. Do they think that Chris Middleton and Ben Simmons are on the same plane as NBA players, or are they just becoming more realistic about their asking price? <laughs> I think they're just becoming more realistic. But, I mean, I'll turn it over to you guys. What are you guys' thoughts on the whole Jimmy Butler thing so far? I think it's pretty weird. It's such a strange scenario. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but Tibbs is... Oh, God damn it. There we go bringing Tibbs up again, but it was inevitable. Uh, Tibbs is also the GM, correct? Uh, he's the president of basketball president. operations. Okay, so. Scott Layden's their GM. So essentially, he it's sort of you know a top-down thing that starts with him. But he, you know, like you said, he came forward and was like, yeah, well, you know, he's a top 15 player in the NBA or whatever, and we intend on keeping him. And then... Like you said, hours later, the the owner came out and said, yeah, no, call me directly. Like, this is happening. We're trading him. And I don't think within the most recent years I can think of, we've seen any situation like that. It seems like if a player doesn't want to be on the team, you don't, you don't want him there anyways, you know? It's the most vocal I've ever heard an owner since uh, um, LeBron left the Cavs for the first time. It's just, it's, it just sounds like that the ownership and the coaches aren't on the same page because it's pretty clear that the coaches and the GM, they don't want to get rid of Jimmy Butler because why would you want to get rid of one of the top 15 players in the NBA? But the G, but the owner's like, just get rid of it. He's a cancer of the locker room. So they're just not on the same page right now. That whole, t- that whole team dynamic is so weird because, you know, we've talked prior about how there have been – rumors surrounding like locker room problems with cat and with you know all those old bull players and that and that dynamic and then the new young kids coming in like andrew wiggins and it's just it's it's such a weird weird dynamic what they got going on in in minnesota speaking of cat in that sense i mean just like a week or so uh like a week and a half ago they re it's obvious they chose cat in terms of the player that they're gonna build around for the future because they just signed him to a max contract so it's not a coincidence that that happened so yeah not at that time well and get you know cat had come out on the record prior um to this whole jimmy butler thing saying he wanted to see what jimmy did before he re-signed and so i i don't i mean i don't know if he's like 
a Lamarcus Aldridge kind of guy where he wants to be the number one spotlight, or if if you know if he wants to to fit into that system, that role where there's multiple guys surrounding him, where he can you know fit into a role. But it it seems to me like he wants to be the number one option, and he I mean he is for sure. Carl Anthony Towns is their number one option, and then you know once Jimmy Butler's gone, after you have quite a few steps down, you have Andrew Wiggins, but. I personally believe that um, Jimmy is, I just think him being on a team of young guys on the roster is just not going to work out because I feel like he needs to have those veterans that are working really hard because when you're a younger NBA player, you're kind of developing and you don't have that drive that the older players do. And Jimmy's got this sort of drive to him. That's like hard nose, like he he wants to get at you and then he's just irritated that the young guys aren't that way. So well, I think I think Jimmy realizes he's in the prime of his career and he you know, he's not wasting time messing around in an organization that isn't putting themselves in the position to win now. And if you look, I find it I mean, as an outsider looking in, I find it really hard to believe that Tibbs and and all those guys over there in the upper management are putting themselves in a position to win right now going out and, you know, going after Jakeem Noah and every every retired Bulls player since 1942, you know? <laughs> it's like, how, how, how are you supposed to be a player inside that organization and feel like they're putting your interests forward? Yeah, and you're absolutely right on the whole uh, that he's in the prime of his career thing right now. He's 29, like, and he's like, so he's kind of hitting, he's in the exact prime of his career now. He's with got like only like years. a couple of years left, yeah, of it. So he's obviously, he really hasn't come that close to being a championship contender. I mean, he was on like the early Bulls teams, but he, he since he has emerged as a star talent, the Bulls haven't really come that close to being a contender. Like no one's seriously considered them a contender since 2011. And yeah, like, and so it's obvious that he wants to go somewhere and uh, turn himself into a championship contender immediately. And obviously, they're not getting that in Minnesota right now. They kind of got dominated in the playoffs at the start of the year. And honestly, with the direction that they're in right now, I don't see them getting any better in the next couple of years. Uh, so um, personally to me, where would you guys want to see Jimmy go? Portland. No, I mean, like... I would I would love to see Jimmy in Portland, but I'm gonna try and be like realistic, like with his destinations. Well, I personally would love to see him on the Nets. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. I would, would love awesome. to see him on the Nets. He's gonna have a thing. lot of trouble getting that spot from Alan Crabb, but <laughs> it's, it's gonna be fun. I mean, there's no way Alan Crabb's gonna give up 23 for him. No, just out of sheer pettiness, Alan Ka- Alan Crabb is definitely keeping 23. Oh, I mean, Jimmy Butler's number in a uh, um, Chicago was 21, so it's not like it's right. that big of a deal for him. Right. Well, you know, it's kind of weird because we were talking about, you know, he's in the prime of his career and he wants to be in a position to where he can win now. Yet the, the list of the three teams that he gave as his preferable destinations were the L.A. Clippers, the Nets and the Knicks. And none They're of those organizations. Teams. Yeah. None of those organizations are in the position to win now. So that makes me think maybe instead of trying to put himself in a position to win he's trying to put himself in a position to get money or or be the number one option i don't know if he likes taking a backseat to cat but he wants to be the number one option but he wants to go to a team of cap space so he can sign somebody like Kyrie when it comes to that time yeah he was talking about how he wanted another team yeah did you see Kyrie earlier in the week though he said something like how he'd be stupid to leave the situation that he's in now yeah i mean he uh what it was is he was having a conversation and the the interviewer, I think it was a lady from ESPN. Anyway, she brought up leaving in free agency and he said, even if I did try to leave, the guys would sit me down and, it would, you know, it would be hard to, to look around and leave because they're pretty, pretty effing good is what he said. And he's right. There's no, I mean, aside from the Raptors, I don't think there's any clear contender for them in the East, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and. Also, we were kind of talking about what places that Jimmy is partial to and how they're not really championship contenders. Like one of the other ones he seemed okay with was uh, Miami, and yeah. they're not, and they are also nowhere close to being a championship contender, well, even if they added Butler. He wants to go to Miami so it can be closer to Gabrielle Union. Let's be real. 
That's true. That's very true. Quick side note, guys. Quick side note. We were talking earlier about how Alan Crabb won't give up his number. Well, Travion Graham wears 21. I don't think he's going to give that up to Jimmy either. <laughs> I'm here looking at the Nets roster, finding out who wears 21. Oh, my God. <laughs> God damn it. All right. He's going to have, have to wear like a, like a motocross number, like 445 or something like that. <laughs> we might be talking about the Nets later for lukewarm takes. Oh, okay. Yeah, a little bit of a preview of what's to come. Okay. Spoiler so, alert. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, this whole situation is just so weird. It's like this. the owner also said they wanted to get it done by a certain day. That day was like a week and a half ago. Well, they, they, uh, they wanted it done. Woj tweeted out that the owner contacted him and said that they were looking to pursue a deal within the next couple of days, and that was on Tuesday of last week. So we've come, we've come a, f- a full week from where they said they wanted to have the deal done we by. We pushed back our podcast to recording because of it. Yeah. So you can, all tens of our listeners can personally email Jimmy Butler and thank him for a delayed small ball market podcast. Jeez, Jimmy, it's on you. If he gets traded tomorrow, we're still going to release this, but it's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our, the, basically our worst fear is to for Jimmy to get traded right after we're done recording. And oh, and it's going to an emergency pod tomorrow night. If he gets traded yeah. at 4 a.m., I'm waking up at 4.01 and we're getting on the call. Oh, yeah. All right. So um, basically, this whole situation is just weird. Like the whole owner thing, it's just odd. And I honestly think a lot of this is just kind of the owner. It's kind of pride from the owner in a way that he's kind of swinging his dick around a little in the way that uh, like, he's like, Oh, so this guy won't, doesn't want to, doesn't want to play for me. Let's get rid of him immediately. Like he's not entertaining like the idea that Jimmy will stay. I mean, there's always like these, whenever a player like there's reports that a player wants out or a player says that he wants out. A lot of times you'll have these guys, the front office and the owners try and like convince them to stay before actually just getting burned in the end. Uh, Minnesota's owner, he's just, he's just fuck it. I want him out. It, I, I mean, I don't blame him. If they didn't pull a, a Neil Olshay and go sign in all their players to super max deals, leave them a little more cap space to sign a better player in the off season, then they wouldn't be in this position. But Andrew Wiggins is making how much money? <laughs> like, I mean, on paper, you think about it, and you would think that uh, Jimmy Butler and Cat is a fantastic dynamic duo that, like, really anyone would want to – that's, like, that is – to some people, that's, like, what you would build a contender around, and then it just obviously Definitely hasn't worked that way. I'm going to build my fantasy team around. <laughs> it's true. Um, Stay tuned for a, a weekly fantasy segment once fantasy basketball starts up. Yeah. Is this going to be us three yelling at each other? <laughs> things get up pretty heated in our league so i guess we should we should cap off this conversation by each giving uh each giving predictions for jimmy honestly i i I see him ending up somewhere like on like that preferred trade destination list i wouldn't be surprised i think that i would be surprised if he ends up on the clippers Mm because they have like a lot of like younger assets to give up along with some like decent role players like a they give up like a Patrick Beverly contract. Uh, Danilo Gallinari is still on that team, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, he is like his contract is always tradable, and like, yeah, uh, it just seems like a he just seems like a this whole that just seems like a team that would likely land him. They have a couple rookie guards on their on their roster right now. I feel like Minnesota, who is always like a, they seem to be pretty lacking in the point guard department. I mean, they have Jeff Teague. So I mean that just seems like that just seems like the one that makes the most sense. It's not the one that I want him to go to. Obviously, I would want him to go to Portland, but I mean of like the other ones on the list, I wouldn't want him to go to the Clippers at all. But I mean, it, it, that just seems the most realistic to me. Yeah. So my my two cents on the my two cents on his final uh, his final resting place per se is um I don't think it's on obviously my completely unbiased opinion here i don't think it's unrealistic that he comes to portland just because i think we do have a lot of tradable assets we do have a lot of those mid-tier level role players that we could give up without giving up any you know any dames or cjs or any uh any valuable young guys like anfernee or zach collins or whatever 
but I definitely don't think he's going to go to any team on his preferred destination list just because those are all organizations kind of in, in rebuild mode, all centric around young guys. And so I think you have to look at it from a standpoint of if you have a young core, it would be better to go after him in free agency and pursue that than to, you know, give up partial parts of a young core when you could maintain that young core and just push hard for him in free agency and then add that in addition to what you already have, if that makes any sense. See, that's why I was thinking the clip. That was why I was thinking the Clippers in a sense though, because they do have a lot of veterans on that team kind of left over from the Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin era. Because yeah, that died very quickly. (laughs) But yeah, Wyatt, uh, what do you think? See me personally, I think out of the preferred teams, like the Clippers, the Nets and the heat, I think it would be between the Clippers and the heat. More of, I mean, I think the Nets, I think the Nets are kind of good where they're at. I don't think they really need to make a move. But if they were to get Jimmy Butler, I would laugh so hard because it'd be more relevant than the Knicks. And it'd be just so much funny, like very funny to me if the Brooklyn Nets became relevant before the Knicks did. (laughs) I mean, they've had periods in their history where they're more relevant than the Knicks. And it's just like, that's just something that pisses New York fans off more than anything. And the Nets are more uh, relevant than they are. But on the side note, I don't think there's going to be any teams on the preferred destination. I don't know what team it's going to be, but I think this is going to be something like the Kawhi trade because nobody mm-hmm. saw the Raptors coming. It was like, I think it was like there was a report like two or like just like th- that day there was a report that the Raptors were interested in him. And then I found out like that morning, like... <laughs> Kawhi was because it just it just went crazy, and I think there's going to be a team that comes out of nowhere and just picks up Jimmy Butler and takes a flyer on him. Do you think that there's any uh, teams who are willing to like take a huge risk by like giving up their star player to pick up Jimmy Butler? Basically, like what Toronto did with uh, DeRozan and Kawhi. I don't think there should be as I mean Kawhi obviously at his best Kawhi Leonard is much better than Jimmy Butler like yeah. Kawhi at his best is, is the second best player in the league behind LeBron okay second or third yeah Jimmy Butler is a kind of a he's kind of a DeMar DeRozan level player so I don't think that there's anyone who would be giving up that caliber of a player yeah get jimmy i mean i would say i would say portland if they if they wanted cj straight up for for jimmy butler i would say at least entertain the thought yeah as long as they throw back in gorgie dang i would do it <laughs> god damn it no. that's just because i'm i'm i heart mediocrity and we've been a mid-tier nba team for what year was i born <laughs> Uh yeah, I don't know, man. That's you. You were what ninety seven? Yeah, we, that we've long. been we've ranged from mediocre to bad in the whole time you're now that's true, not true. We were at the we went to the Western Conference yeah. Finals when we were when we were all toddlers. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Kobe. Mm-hmm. That's all another right. thing we could talk about moving on from the whole Jimmy Butler thing is is the Matt Barnes Kobe Bryant conspiracy. Oh man, yeah, I just saw this today. And it was just, uh, it was, it, it, it was blasphemy. It was, it was, it was honestly hilarious at the same time seeing Lakers fans all freak out over it because I mean, there's obviously, there's this famous gif of, it is Matt pronounced Barnes. gif by the way, it is pronounced gif. None of this gif bullshit, um, <laughs> of Matt Barnes seemingly pump faking the ball at Kobe's face and Kobe not even flinching. And the, a new angle has been well, not really new. It's just Pete, someone was like rewatching it. It was a uh, Rob Perez, I'm pretty sure. Good old worldwide Wob. That's a he that's was, a that's a double entendre, dude. New angle and new angle, like l- literally a, a, a camera angle, and then figuratively like a like a new perspective, new way of looking at things. Ooh, yeah, I like it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyways, but yeah, but yeah, he was looking at the angle and. But in in reality, Kobe was standing a little bit off to the side of him when he was doing it, and the ball wasn't that close to Kobe's face. He was when swaying, he was, man. 
like he was yeah like he was like it was close but it wasn't like directly at his face to where he would like obviously flinch every single time so it kind of made kobe's uh badass moment a little less impressive i don't know man i still think it's just i, I saw the slow-mo that shit got pretty close to his face like enough that he should have flinched yeah i mean at the same time though it's uh it's just like everything that kobe's ever done to kobe fans a little over exaggerated don't don't open yourself up to this zach oh i'm definitely gonna open myself up to this the door is wide open (laughs) (laughs) we're small ball market dude uh lakers fans aren't listening to us dude we're only talking about it because he was playing for the wait what was it like the mavs at that time uh no he's playing for the magic yeah magic for some reason, yeah, those jerseys look very similar in my mind. And both start with M's. <laughs> yeah, you know, and A. Okay, anyways. So, Do you want to get in the preseason, guys? If I have to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so the NBA preseason started in the, just started the other day. And uh, I'll let, I'm going to let you guys kind of carry the conversation about the Blazers because I didn't get the chance to watch that. Um, they lost to Kawhi Leonard and the Toronto Raptors. I'll let you guys pretty much say and the refs and the refs. So that's basically what I was getting at. I want to know what you guys' thoughts were on the game and uh, just say some things that stuck out to you. The refs were God awful for one thing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to try and blame the loss on the refing because I really do think Toronto would have beat us either way. Even if the free throw advantage was slightly different but the refing was pretty bad. <laughs> what was the free throw differential? It was something like 21 to full, what, 45 uh, I, or 46. I got it. I got it. Uh well, while you're looking while you're looking that up. Um yeah, I I also went in this into this expecting to lose just because Toronto's going to be a top 3 defensive team in the East, no matter what. Maybe top 3 defensive team in the whole entire NBA. Like that that team is is stacked on defense. Like they are a very solid defensive team. Here's the thing. Okay, I got the free throws. Raptors right. were 42 for 51. Blazers mm-hmm. were 18 for 25. <laughs> 42 for 51, 18 for 20. So that's so more they, of a double the free throw attempts. That yeah. We had. What's the total free throw attempts for the uh, whole game? Mm-hmm. Well, for 20, 25 plus 51, that's 76. So seventy six. That's ridiculous. That's, That's an such absurd a ridiculous number of free throws. It when we were watching the game, it was literally every single time up the court, the Blazers were getting a foul called on them. It was absolutely ridiculous. I'm not going to say that we lost because of that, though, because we did have like 24 turnovers that game. So, so I'm curious. Did uh, was it a lot of like, was it like Toronto was in the bonus for most of the quarter, or was it like every time they're going up for a shot, the refs were calling a foul? You know, it was a little bit of both. Yeah, it was a little hmm. bit of both. There was there was a lot of um, a lot of stupid shooting fouls, and then there was a lot of a lot of tic tacky like off ball fouls. There was a lot of moving screens called, which which is rare in the NBA. You see, you know, maybe one, two max a game. And I saw probably 10 moving screen calls, which I understand they're trying to make it a point of emphasis, but it's a preseason game for Christ's sakes. Like, how are you going to have 76 free throws in a preseason game? Well, I'm wondering if it's, uh, you know, in the NFL, uh, the NFL was getting a lot of flack during the preseason this year with, uh, with uh, all these new like helmet to helmet calls and uh, right. like all these rough, uh, like unnecessary roughness penalties that were being called, right. and uh, they were really going after it during the preseason. And there were a lot of plays that seemed like, huh, why would they like why would they call that? And then uh, it ended up, and it seems like it's kind of evened out a little bit since the regular season actually started. Like the refs know how to call it now. The players are kind of getting used to the new rules a little more. Do you guys think it's maybe a case of that where the refs are uh, kind of like like really enforcing things in the preseason so that by the time the regular season starts, players are kind of tightening up a little bit? I hope so, man, because if, if, if every NBA game was like that, I would become disinterested very, very fast. 
Yeah, I mean, free throws are obviously a part of the game, but not everyone wants to see a James Harden fest for every single game. Yeah, exactly. Speaking on the Rockets, um, they played great tonight. Oh, did they? Oh, yeah, they killed it. Who did My they favorite? play? Uh, Memphis. Oh, well, duh, they're going <laughs> to... It's preseason, though. It doesn't matter who you're playing. It just... Uh, Carmelo, I just want to say, Carmelo had 13 points and had a pretty dang good starting game. I think my I favorite little it. nugget from that game was that uh, Melo hit a long two, which strictly goes against uh, Moray Ball and uh, threes and layups, and he went, I'm sorry. <laughs> CP3 had 22, 9, and 5 tonight. Five steals. How many minutes? Like, yeah. Probably not that many. I didn't actually watch the game. James Harden had 20 and 6. Michael Carter Williams had 19. Well, do you have the do you have the uh, box score up right now? I'm on Twitter. I'm just looking at the high the scores. Oh, okay. 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 Um, I was just curious. So, what? How many minutes CP3 though. played? Because if he because um, if he scored 22 points, God, that seems like he's playing way too much in the preseason. D'Antoni and Thibodeau have been talking. Really? Hmm. Like I'm, ju- about- I'm just I'm just saying because. They're playing 48 minutes in a preseason game, dude. Oh, okay. I thought you were meaning, for some reason, I thought you went back to Jimmy for a second, like the idea of getting him to the Rockets. I was like, what the f- <laughs> Carmelo played I hope 23. Not. Chris Paul played 26. 26 a is a little much. Yeah, How many minutes did Damon CJ play? He played the third like, quarter. That's it. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, 12. Whereas... The Raptors played their starters through the first three quarters. Like, they played them off and on throughout it. We kept it close in the second quarter when our bench was playing against their starting unit. Well, you guys have talked a lot about the uh, bad parts of that game. Were there any good things about it? Like, were there any players who stood out to you guys? Zach Collins. Zach Collins? Onawaku, the guy who shot the underhanded free throw? He actually looked really good. I mean, I don't think he'll... Do you think he'll make the roster? No, eh, probably not. Yeah. Uh, nope. How about the How about the new guys? Did uh, uh Zach Collins? Uh, not Zach Collins. Uh, Nick Stauskas and Seth Curry look any good? They looked Nick all right. They hit Stauskas three. Yeah, pretty damn good, man. Nick Stauskas really? looked good for sure. Um, Seth Curry, we didn't get to see off ball as much because he was getting into a lot of foul trouble. But um, I think Nick Stauskas is going to be able to produce a lot more than I had thought prior. Well, basically what I gathered from what what when I was researching him after the Blazers signed him was that he basically seemed like like basically like what he would contribute is basically exactly what Zach what Pat Connaughton gave us, but a little more efficient. So I kind of liked that idea of it because I mean Pat was cool, but I mean, I wasn't the biggest fan of his when he was in Portland. I thought he was like fun to watch. And, but I had a running joke with you guys for a while that I'd never actually seen him hit a three in my <laughs> life, even though I watch the Blazers all the time and he takes threes pretty regularly. <laughs> and everyone always talks about how good of a shooter he is, but I felt like I had never actually seen him hit a three in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- Jake Layman almost killed himself on a dunk, too, by the way. Yeah. You remember Wait, that one, Cody, so? where he tried the go yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he, like, almost, like, he fell hard. <laughs> he good, though. But, yeah, he back to Nick Stauskas. Um, I think he's going to be able to produce a lot more in um, a lot more of a role than uh, Pat Connington did. I think, don't quote me on this, as I say with everything on here, but... I think he could be a viable backup two option. You're on a podcast, dude. We're gonna quote you on everything. Shit. But I do like I do like that idea because I mean, who else do we have as our backup two? We don't. We don't. Ha- we don't have any solidified guard backups aside That's from Seth now at the backup point. That's what I'm saying. We got to get it from somewhere. Why can't it be Nick Stauskas? And then even even then, if you want to run small, you could go. Obviously, this is throwing out the idea that Dame and CJ are always going to be on the court at the same time, but you could run that three guard lineup of Wade Baldwin, Seth Curry, and then Nick Stauskas at the small. That would be interesting. Who would you want to see a point at that point? Would you want to see Wade Baldwin or Seth? Yeah, probably Wade. Okay. I'd like to because see he's Seth better. That's Seth. Yeah. Seth. He's just, he would just be better off ball than Wade. 
Because he can shoot the ball, so. Right. And Wade's a better defender, so. So, I think we should... It is small ball market, but we should transition over to the Lakers for tonight. Oh, just because of... uh, They are obviously the big news team of the preseason. Because they have LeBron James, and I gotta tell you guys, him in that Lakers jersey might be the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I've seen a lot of gross things, and uh, that's up there. As Portland yeah. fans, we all hate the Lakers, but um, they're going to be fun aside, to hate this year because they're going to be good. I think they're going to be pretty good, and they're going to be fun to watch. Solid five seed, man. Yeah, and I agree with Cody that the throwback jerseys look really clean. Like I was really happy that they changed them to that. But, uh, <laughs> but at the same time, they also disgust me at the same time because they are the Lakers. But I um, feel like... They have a lot of players who I'm like really willing to watch. Like they, like obviously they're meme team, but they're like the meme team, bro. <laughs> but, not, but not even in like a comedy aspect. In like, you guys know I'm ride or die for Rajon Rondo for life. He is yeah. one of my absolute favorite players ever. So, Hold on, uh, tangent, real quick. Someone, did you see the 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 mid game troll he did? Oh, with uh, when uh, who missed the free throw? It was uh, Will Barton. It was Barton. Was it really? Yeah, it was Will Barton, good old Blazers legend. Um, yeah, yeah, he missed the free throw, and uh, Rondo tried to high-five him, and Will Barton almost did it without thinking about it. No, I thought... I th- no, yeah, I'm thinking of something else. Oh, okay. Yeah, dude. This was, tonight. this was just tonight. Oh, okay, this was tonight. I was thinking of the one from the other from the other game where he like stepped in front of the guy to keep him from high-fiving somebody else. Oh no, I didn't see that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, dude. He's he's embracing the meme team role. If Rondo just like takes the year off from playing basketball and just dedicates his whole time to just trolling with the other team the entire time, like I might actually watch the Lakers every night. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> LeBron only played fifteen minutes tonight, but he had thirteen three and three. Well, I mean, duh, he's not going to play like oh, any time yeah. during the preseason. It's not like he needs it. I'm surprised he played that much. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised he didn't play for like five minutes and sit down. You see his big dunk. Yeah, no, I didn't. it wasn't. It wasn't that. I mean, by LeBron's standard, it was. It was. Eh. No, it was. It wasn't. But it was like it was his first dunk as a Laker, I believe. Everyone's gonna be. It's gonna be all oh, LeBron's first piss break as a Laker. Oh, LeBron's first. You know, it's like oh my God. <laughs> LeBron's Shut first up. pass as a Laker. <laughs> What leadership sitting on the bench while his team plays during this preseason LeBron's game? LeBron's <laughs> first first-round elimination as a Laker. Hey. Ooh, that'd be his first first-round elimination ever. Ever, yeah. Because <laughs> he's only, he only, he's missed, he the, missed the playoffs one time. Once or twice in his first, twice, like, yeah. one or one or two seasons. Cleveland. And since then, he has never lost in the first round, which is absolutely yeah. insane. MJ lost and, in the first round, didn't he? Yeah, MJ lost in the first round several times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, undefeated mm-hmm. in the finals. Yeah, but you know, What's well, that's that's a that's a conversation important? for that's a conversation for another time. We we don't uh, we don't uh, partake in that uh, conversation. The correct answer is undefeated in the finals. Next, as a Blazers fan, okay. I'm not very good at trash talking other teams because. We are trash. <laughs> I mean, Blazers fans are already dead inside. We could handle whatever anyone tries Our to throw Blazers, back at us. Blazers slogan is "We heart mediocrity," and I'm fine with that. So we've been dead inside for a long time. Man. We, have, we have the thickest skin of any team in the of any fan base in the NBA. I feel like even more than the Knicks, because I mean, the Knicks they talk they talk a lot. They talk way too much shit. Lakers fans talk the most shit. Yeah, but you know they right, they so, I guess. I don't they're know. actually they're they actually have a good history, so I don't feel like my uh, you know that, that weird tangent here. What really the mo- thing that might grind my gears more than anything in the entire world is Lakers fans complaining about like the last four to five years of basketball for them. Oh like God, they've been like they're such a tortured fan base with all these like horrible years of basketball, and it's like. I, d- fuck off! Like okay, that's man. all I have to I say. I can respect <laughs> the actual Laker fans, 
But have you noticed the increase of Laker fans since LeBron went there and now that they're going to be good again and now all these fake Laker fans are coming out <laughs> and just Guess being what? super annoying? I saw somebody earlier say Josh Hart is going to be most improved player this year. Yeah, guess what? Yeah, guess what? The Lakers have had their worst decade in franchise history, probably, and they still have won more championships in that time span than the Blazers have in their history. (laughs) It's it's ridiculous. Just hearing any hearing Lakers fans complain is about like the worst thing you could. Yeah, man. Try try being like a Magic fan or like a Hawks fan or a Suns fan. Like what? Come I mean, on, man. Blazers fans aren't even close to like the most tortured. We're just like the most nah. dead inside because we have we've had like too many like almost. We're like the we're like the we're like the equivalent of like having blue balls as an NBA fan. <laughs> Always a bridesmaid, never a bride, dude. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's almost there, but we can never quite get there. Get there. <sighs> but you know. This isn't. This isn't a. This. We should move on because this isn't a. It's uh, a pity party. Feel bad. This isn't for a us. pity. For, yeah. This isn't a pity party for the Blazers. It should be. Um, it it should be. be. That's. A, that's. I don't feel like we would uh, do well for our pod if it was just us crying our, about our the new Blazers. Podcast name: Pity Blazer Podcast. Just sulking. Just. It's just just an drinking. hour of sulking yeah. every week. Yeah. <laughs> but other news that came in the last day. That I think we should talk about. We were talking about this player earlier a little bit, and this is just a little interesting thing that I found to be funny. Um, Kyrie Irving <laughs> finally oh admitted oh that the Earth isn't flat. Are we sure? Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, he's. Yeah, he said that uh, he was really into conspiracy theories during that time, and he thought that he should just uh, keep his thoughts private. Someone asked. <laughs> someone asked Kyrie Irving if jet fuel can melt steel beams. Oh God! Oh, we're gonna get. In <laughs> we're not. We're not gonna get into nine eleven conspiracies <laughs> during a basketball podcast. We're. We're gonna. We're good there. <laughs> That's right. We're gonna get into alien conspiracy theories. So. <laughs> oh yeah, like when Baron Davis claimed that he was abducted by aliens a few years ago. What that happened. You don't remember that? Oh shit! Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now after the pod, look that, look that up, guys. That 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 happened a few years ago, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah, like he. Well, yeah, he claimed that it happened. I don't know if he was serious or not. I think yeah. like Doris Burke probably just showed up at his house in the middle of the night, like watching him sleep or something. Bro, do, don't ever disrespect Doris Burke again. I love Doris Burke, man. She just kind of, you know. Kind of, kind of intimidating in a way. Fuck you. <laughs> Mostly because I'm, I'm intimidated by women that are more intelligent than me. But yeah, exactly. Sit there with your fragile masculinity. Doris <laughs> <laughs> Burke just cripples my, cripples my manly complex. <laughs> I have to, I have to degrade her in order to feel more of a man. No, yeah, they how the just never fuck did we start talking about this? I don't know. How did you bring that up? You're dissing on one of the fucking best NBA reporters there is, honestly. No, no. I mean, I like Doris Burke. The, I didn't Doris Burke. Did you guys hear Doris Burke like turn down a, an offer from Drake to go on a date? Yeah, she's yeah, that's married. She's better than him. I'm pretty she's sure married? she's married. She's also better than Drake, so. Well, a lot of people are better than Drake, but yeah. Now we're gonna diss Drake on a podcast. God damn it! <laughs> oh darn! Twenty-year-old women aren't gonna listen to our podcast. Too bad. Twenty-year-old women. Uh, maybe a sixteen-year-old. And guys who like to cry when the twenty-year-old women break up with them. <laughs> what was it? He was Dandy. dating like an eighteen-year-old, but they were dating when they were when he was sixteen or something. Or was that? I don't care, man. Drake was hard. Drake was hard back in like what two thousand eight, two thousand nine. But he fucking he's soft now. Yeah, it yeah. all went downhill after Hotline Bling. <laughs> yeah, but he'll be at Raptors games this season, cheering on the cheering on good old Kawhi. We're just gonna turn this yeah. into a rap history podcast. Again, yeah, again, I don't know how we got here. Oh, we, the door. Aliens, Dorsberg, Dorsberg, Drake, Drake. Oh, we're talking about Baron David. We're talking about conspiracy theories. Yeah. Back to Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it all Kyrie. comes full circle. You see yeah. what you do, Kyrie? 
You make one comment, and now we're doing tangents on our podcast. This is great. He's embracing <laughs> the full Uncle Drew look this season. Oh, does he have beard go, good old beard going he kinda, right He kind of looks like Kevin. He kind of looks like Kevin Love from like a year and a half ago. <laughs> like oh Kevin looked looked like a homeless woman. <laughs> All right, we should move on. Why you you said you have a hot take ready, right? I have a lukewarm take. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. This is I'm already forgetting the names of segments. A lukewarm take. Okay. Okay. You say that every week. Okay. Hear me <laughs> out. It's about the Brooklyn Nets, like I said earlier. Okay. Spencer Dinwiddie is a better point guard than D'Angelo Russell. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know? That's it's debatable. It's not the worst take you've had. Well, and most D- of his takes have been just completely like blasphemous. Carmelo so. Anthony will make the Rockets better. When, yeah, no, 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 we're talking about Dinwiddie and uh, D'Angelo right now. When a, when a when a decent take actually comes along, we gotta you know, we gotta be happy about it. Exactly. So, what do you think, Cody? I'll let you start. Um, I think, I think that it could be argued from a standpoint that Spencer Dinwiddie is a better traditional point guard. Yeah. Um, he's not as good a shooter as D'Angelo Russell is. Um defense they're both kind of you know mediocre um spencer dinwiddie does have better assist numbers he does um he does fit the role of the traditional point guard better than d'angelo i could see them running if they if they keep spencer dinwiddie without trading him then i can see um i can see them running spencer dinwiddie at the one and starting d'angelo at the two this season so i could i could buy it Dela ran the two guard in college, so I mean that mm. wouldn't be surprising to see him uh, transition to that role. Like if, especially with uh, um, the NBA being much smaller now. But that's not really the question. It's kind of whether he is better than him or not. And um, but I would still lean towards Delo. I do think that he is one of the more like I wouldn't say underrated because. He unproven. gets talked about a lot. Yeah, he is unproven, and he's very like high potential. So is still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dinwiddie is also very high potential, and uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, obviously, he didn't get the same hype coming out of college that D'Angelo Russell did, and I, uh, I think Dinwiddie is good. He will likely, he, like he might be a better, like he's obviously like a better like rebounder because he's like taller. Mm-hmm. And he's a he might be a better passer, but like he doesn't seem to ha- he doesn't have the same scoring ability that D'Angelo Russell has. Like he's not as good of a shooter. Right. He's he's I don't know if he's as good of a finisher or not. Like they're kind of they're probably about the same in that. But I sense. mean, all the all those reasons you just listed are well aside from. I mean, he's. A, I would. I would go as far as to say, as Spencer Dinwiddie is a better passer than D'Angelo Russell, which kind of plays into those reasons that you just listed. There plays into the narrative that he is actually a better traditional point guard than D'Angelo Russell. That's why I said D'An- That's why I said Spencer Dinwiddie is a better point guard because I think. Yeah, but being a traditional point guard doesn't matter in today's I NBA. Think yeah. It's more it like scoring point guards. Scoring point guards is what leads the league now, and he. It, he's D, D'Angelo Russell is obviously the better scoring point think, guard out I of the two. I think D'Lo should be a shooting guard. I really do. I think D'Angelo Russell should be a two guard in the yeah. NBA. I, I think the uh, point guard. I think I think Brooklyn should explore the option of kind of the whole uh, the Dame CJ route as where they're on the court together for most of the time, early game and late game, and then mid game one of them is on the court at all times. So there's a primary ball handler. I think that would I think that would work well for them. So think about the starting lineup. Spencer Dinwiddie, D'Angelo Russell, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Alan Crabb. Not Alan Crabb. Davis. Power forward. You gotta put Jimmy at the power forward. What is Spencer Dinwiddie? Oh shit, they have Shabazz. Yeah. Huh. Where does he fit in? It's gonna be hard behind that behind Dinwiddie and D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, that's true. He's gonna be in the same situation he was in in Portland. He's gonna have two guards ahead of him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, I guess we get a good, like, I guess you guys are both kind of in the camp of Spencer Dinwiddie, and I'm kind of in the camp of D'Angelo Russell. And, I mean, we all have our different reasons, but I guess we kind of agree to disagree there. D'Angelo Russell is, is still the better player. Okay. I think okay. D'Angelo Russell has a higher ceiling, too. So, by and large, D'Angelo is the better player, but who fits the role better is, is more of the way I was looking at it. They did do very, they did do well when uh, D'Angelo Russell was out. Yeah, they did. What? I did not because he was on my fantasy team. Do you guys think the Nets, <laughs> even if they don't get Jimmy, have a chance at the playoffs this year? Mm, eight seed. Eight seed at best. Yep. It's because the East is going to be bad this year. <laughs> I mean, they have a chance to make the playoffs even without Jimmy Butler on their team. Honestly, there's like, any they, team like, in the East can make the playoffs this year. I don't know. Exactly. True. Except for the Hawks. Oh, the Hawks. Are- yeah, no, no, they're they're not sniffing the playoffs. Oh, speaking of that, uh, Trey Young. I saw just a little snippet of uh, their preseason game, and I saw Trey Young throw off the backboard alley oop to John Collins. Gotta love How it. How much you want to bet City, was just Trey Young taking a shot, and it just ended up being? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was definitely intentional. I saw because. Trey Young celebrated after, and he actually seemed to be celebrating a little too much. That was actually what stood out to me. I'm like, wow, he's really celebrating a preseason alley-oop by a lot. Because he had a disappointing summer league, so. That's this true. Is, he's got to take whatever he for him. Get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot the Atlanta Hawks have Jeremy Lin. Yeah. I'm going to check. Or what's left uh, of him. I'm going to check out his stats real yeah. quick. Poor guy. Trey Young in gets, 20 minutes he, had 11 points and 8 assists. Wait, 20 points and 8 assists was Trey Young's first stat In 20 minutes. Oh, I think he's at 20. Okay, okay, okay. 11 points and 8. 11 and 8 is not bad. I mean, it's obviously just preseason, but mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we're going to see a lot of lines like that during the season. He's going to be a pretty high assist guy because that's what he was in he's college. A, he's he's a he pretty like good passer and he's like not given enough credit for his passing vision i don't think because he actually is a very good passer yeah honestly if if he wants to be successful i want to see him kind of build his game around that like around like distributing the ball and getting other people involved the only issue right now is that he really doesn't have a team around him (laughs) yeah so it's going to be him taking uh, but it's probably going to be him taking a bunch of contested threes this season, which is going to be like, I feel like the first few games of the Atlanta Hawks will be like really interesting to watch. And then by like mid season, no one will want to watch them anymore. <laughs> I will know what they are at that point. There might be a yeah, game they'll just Trae be young goes for 40 or something. And then people are interested again for a short period of time. Exactly. No, no, no. Yeah. He seems like one of those guys who could very likely just go absolutely nuts in a game this year and then just like not have another good game the rest of the season. He kind of, he kind of draws a resemblance for me to Devin Booker, like a, a not as good Devin Booker. Yeah, I could see that kind of like in a way like a that, real uh, explosive type player. Yeah. So with that, uh, you love, you love him. You love Devin Booker as a fantasy player. Would you going to give us a little preview? We'll be taking a tra- taking a chance on Trey young in the draft. No. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> hey, actually, Trey Young might not be that bad of a pick because he's going to be starting every single night. Yeah, if he's available in the eighth round, I'll take him. I'm not even going to be go. there for draft mm-hmm. night. Sounds like that's kind of shit because I'm league champ. But... Yeah, man. Who, who, who are you guys keeping in the None. fantasy league? I'm starting fresh. Uh, starting over? Uh, I was the I was the first guy to jump on the Donovan Mitchell train, so yeah. I'm keeping him. I don't have to give up any like high picks to keep him. Nice. So basically, what, what he's round picks you have to give up for him? I have to give up a ninth round in order to keep him from last year because he went undrafted. Donovan Mitchell went undrafted. Yeah. What? He was, like, he was like the he was like the thirteenth overall pick in the draft. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm keeping uh I'm keeping Capella for a sixth rounder and uh Booker for a third rounder. Yeah, I mean, no one's taking, like, top 15 picks in the fantasy draft. Like, for I'm just hoping. <laughs> you get lucky like you did yeah. last year? Uh, well, I, I did some bad drafting last year. That was my first time doing fantasy, and then I drafted too many unproven rookies. 
Indeed. Yeah, but you rebuilt it. All right, we don't want to bore people with our fantasy. You guys feel... Do you guys have anything else to add? Nope. Blazers in nine. Blazers in nine. Yeah, Blazers in 2019. We're going to be just as mediocre as usual. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, would you going to wrap it? Yeah, I guess I guess we should I guess we should uh end the show by saying hopefully next time we do the pod we'll we'll be able to discuss the, how the Jimmy Butler trade will actually impact the league. I do have one thing to end it on. We got to actually give a shout out to our boy CJ McCollum. Oh, yeah. He got engaged in the in the last week. We got to say congrats. We can say good on the off chance that you're listening to this CJ. Congratulations to you and your fiance. She is a doctor. She's going to be a doctor, so she is better than you. So, there is you it, go. I, it was a doctor. I thought it was dentist. Dentist. Yeah, but she's uh, finishing. She's gonna be a doctor like did you see their with their wedding thing it's doctor and mr mccollum oh doctor sounds way cooler than mr mccollum yeah i know dr so, mccollum mr mc yeah dude yeah dude she's, she's, she's league, gonna be man. walking all over yep she's good just remember cj she's out of your league um just you know number one key <laughs> to marriage none of us are married but that's the key right there just always remember she's out of your league <laughs> all right well, oh, and also congrats to also congrats to Damian Lillard on the Raiders beating the Browns over the week and the beating CJ. A little bit of a riff between our stars, <laughs> but yeah. Other than that, um, we'd like to thank you for tuning into this episode of Small Ball Market. Make sure that you uh, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you rate, subscribe, five stars only. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter at smallballmarket. If you have anything for us, uh, email us smallballmarket at gmail.com. We also keep our DMs open on Twitter. Slide into those DMs. Um, other than that, doesn't even it doesn't have to be basketball related. Please, I'm just I'm just really lonely. I just slide in the DMs. Yeah, we just crave human interaction. We've had a couple people actually slide into our DMs. But... We embrace it. We love it. We like uh, we like talking to people. Yeah. We love basketball discussion, and that's what we're here for. But other than that, uh, we'll see you next week. Until next time.